Hi there and welcome to episode 32 of the LDS study session with me, Matt Roberts. And I uh, wanted to finish studying this week from the Come Follow Me section. It's just been such a full, um, valuable section to study and so I've really just been focusing on this this week. Uh, so we're, I think this is now part six of what we've looked at in the seven days of study this week. Um, and it really is a, a great conclusion to this section. We are looking at June 24th to June 30th. Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20 to 21, entitled He is Risen. And we're looking at the final section, which has the title, The Saviour Invites Me to Feed His Sheep. And um, it really is a great end to this, because obviously we've talked about the resurrection, we've talked about the meaning of the resurrection to us, we've talked about the experiences and witnesses, we've talked about physical and spiritual evidence. And now we come to the final bit where the Saviour in really what is the, the last part of the gospel study this year, which is incredible that we've yet, we've had a full six months of just four books in the New Testament. There's just so much to learn from these gospels. Uh, but we are looking at John chapter 21 to finish with. And in John chapter 21, there is a very familiar um, experience. Um, the, the manual invites us actually to kind of look at the similarities and differences between John 21 and Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 11 because there is some very important lessons to learn here about discipleship, particularly when the Saviour has now left his work on the earth for, for, for us to do. Um, so we see here that Jesus has, uh, has come to the Sea of Tiberias where uh, his disciples, some of his disciples are uh, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, uh, the sons of Zebedee, who we know to be James and John, and two other un, uh, unnamed disciples. Uh, they have decided that they're going to go fishing, and they go out into the boat, um, don't catch anything for the night, and then the morning comes and the Saviour's there, and he tells them to cast their net on the right side of the ship. And they cast, and they weren't able to draw forth the multitude of fishes that they catch. Now, for those of you that remember the study earlier in the year, there is obviously the, the very similar experience when, the, when these disciples, particularly Simon, James, and uh, yeah, Peter, James, and John, they first meet the Saviour in a very similar circumstance. They're in a boat, they're fishing, or at least the Saviour is in the boat with them, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and he's teaching the people, then they go out to fish, they don't catch any fish, he tells them to cast on the other side and they catch a multitude of fish. And there's very interesting differences between these two accounts, and also very interesting similarities. So if we look here, uh, I'll just kind of go through the ones I picked out, but if you've got any other to share, any others to share, love you to share them at, at, at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. So firstly, in the first account, it is interesting to note that uh, Jesus enters the boat with the disciples uh, the first time that they go out and do this. It says, uh, and he entered in Luke 5, 3, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And then as that account continues, they then go further out to fish and the Saviour is in the boat with them. This time uh, is different. In John chapter 21, verse 4, we read, But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not it was Jesus. So at this time, he kind of greets them uh, on the shore, far away from the ship. Now, I think there's something interesting there. I think that this is probably a, a, a representation that they do recognize the Savior because as soon as they kind of hear him and, and to listen to what he has to say, they, they recognize pretty soon after it's, it's the Lord. Now, 
I think that is a demonstration of discipleship that we may uh, begin perhaps with the Saviour needs to take us by the hand uh, and be close to us. But then as we kind of develop in our faith, he is able to, to call us from afar and we should be able to recognise his voice as the good shepherd. Probably a, a small symbolism there or a metaphor there. Another difference uh, that I found uh, was the fact that um, they chose to go fishing after his resurrection and this had a difference. Now, this is not really a difference actually, I should say. It's more of a similarity. But there is a different context to this. Obviously, um, the, the disciples um, were told um, in the first account by the Saviour to go forward and fish and launch out their nets. Um, this time, and I think I've heard some discussions about this before, uh, in verse 3 of John chapter 21 it says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. And they say, they say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth, and they entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Now, I, I could be wrong here with this context, but I was under the impression that these are the Saviour's disciples, and they had been given that invitation to, to kind of go and preach his word, but instead they decided to go, go fishing. And I wonder if um, the Saviour would have come to them in this uh, experience and taught them the principles that we'll look at later if they had decided to maybe go forward and, and testify of what he had done. I mean, don't forget, the Saviour has just performed the atonement, he has just died and he has just been resurrected. This surely should be something which these men would want to go forward and tell everyone about. But instead, they decided to go fishing. Now, we don't know the purposes behind that, whether it was to find something to eat or whether it was, you know, for, 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 for leisure, um, you know, for recreational purposes. But it is interesting that the Saviour appears then and then gives them the teachings, which we will look at in a moment. Um, then we have obviously a similarity in the fact that they each time in, in Luke 5 and John 21 cast forward their nets and draw forward a, a huge multitude of fish. Uh, I wonder if, um, you know, if this was, well, I say a wonder, I, I'm pretty certain this was done purposely by the Lord, a, a miracle which was familiar to them the first time, obviously, uh, and we'll talk about how they react after as a result of the first one, and then the second time when they do it and kind of the purposes of doing that. It's probably the first time was to encourage or build faith, and then the second time was to confirm their faith or who he was. But then it's their reaction which I find fascinating between the two accounts. Now, in the first um, section, in the first account, I should say, in Luke chapter 5, um, firstly, um, it's interesting because um, when the Saviour invites them in the boat to cast their net onto the other side, Simon Peter does have something to say about this. Uh, he doesn't just do it like he asks. He does say um, in verse 5, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So there was a little bit of, a, you know, not uh, reluctance, I would say, but just, you know, probably a bit of questioning by Simon at this point, just to say, well, you know, we have worked hard all night and not caught anything. I will do it, though. You know, it's one of those things where you kind of ask someone to do something and they kind of give the, oh, well, this, this, this and this problem. Oh, but I'll do it, though. So, you know, it's, it's maybe not 100%, um, you know, exactly obedient. But in John 21, they just do it, uh, which I think is an, another interesting difference, because obviously at this point they've, re they've recognised it's the Saviour. But then Peter's reaction uh, to the multitude of fish being caught is very fascinating between uh, Luke 5 and John 21. Before Simon Peter knew who the Saviour really was in Luke 5, um, they were amazed, obviously, 
And in verse 8, uh, he says this, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Which is interesting. And then in John chapter 21, uh, when obviously he now he's been with the Saviour for a number of months at least, if not a couple of years, uh, a few years even, uh, if he was there from the beginning. And if he has come to know the Saviour more, his reaction is a lot different now. John chapter 21 verse 7 says this, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said, saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. This is a real change. This is a real difference. The Peter who met the Saviour in the first instance and saw this wonderful miracle that he created with the fish was in, was scared, was afraid, because he didn't really understand the, the true character or qualities of the Saviour at that point. He didn't know the love and the mercy and the peace that he brings. But now, this time, after he's been through everything with the Lord, yes, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, although he did fall asleep uh, during the ultimate atoning act, but he was there when the Saviour was taken and betrayed. He was there when the Saviour was tortured and tormented, although he did deny him. And he was there when the Saviour was resurrected and has been there two times, or has seen him two times since then. He knows the Saviour now, or at least he knows him a lot better. And he knows the qualities of the Saviour that he loves and cares for and wants to nurture his, his disciples and those that want to follow him or who will accept him. And so Peter, this time, rather than being afraid and saying, depart from me, go away from me, he actually jumps into the sea and swims to the Saviour. He can't get there fast enough. And I think that's a really, really fascinating change between the two accounts, uh, which kind of indicates, you know, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, how should we be when we are given the opportunity to come to the Lord and, and be with him? And we can be come to the Lord and be with him uh, today through the sacraments, through participating in the ordinances, by studying him, praying to him, or praying to our Heavenly Father through him. Those are the ways that we can come to the Saviour and dive into the sea and get close to him. I think that's a really interesting ch change between the two. There is another difference, uh, which I'm not fully aware uh, of the reasons of. In the first account, in Luke uh, chapter 5, when they do catch these fish, <clears throat> it says um, that they, they, caught, they caught the fish, and then they caught so many um, that their net break in verse 6 of Luke chapter 5. But then in John chapter 21, uh, it says in verse 6, and it says it very specifically, um, that they weren't able to draw it. However, it does say uh, that as they were dragging dragging this net, uh, there's, there's a little difference between the two accounts. In verse 11, it says, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and 153, and for all there were so many, yet it was not, yet was the net not the net broken. Now, I've, I'll say it right now, I have no idea, you know, firstly, why that has to be mentioned. Uh, in between the two um, accounts or between the two events. Um, and I also don't know what the meaning of that might be. Why did they break the first time with that many fish and why did they not break the second time? I have no idea. Um, perhaps, you know, it's the net might, may possibly represent the capacity of the disciples at that point. They go out to catch the fish in the first instance and because they've not been taught or trained or been learning at the feet of the master for three years you know it's just overwhelming for them 
to do that. And we do see incidents of that when they are sent forward to do miracles and they can't do it because they don't have the faith yet. But then in verse 21, you know, if the net represents the disciples' ability and strength and faith to be able to perform the work of catching the fish, the net doesn't break now. That might possibly be, be related to that. Uh, but, I mean, to be honest, that's just kind of a, my educated guess or a very uneducated guess, I should say. But what I am very interested in is the kind of the final difference between the two, which I've really picked out from this. And there's so much here. Uh, I've just realised the time of, of it's 12 minutes already, this uh, podcast, but it's, it, there's so many things. But I'll be quick with this. There is a difference between the two things that the Saviour says at the end of the two experiences. And these are obviously, when we look at the kind of parables and teachings that the Saviour gives, usually there's a miraculous thing or a great thing that happens, and then he says a very poignant, profound statement. Uh, in Luke chapter 5, this profound statement is this. Oh, and I've just lost it. Just bear with me. It is this. And Jesus said unto Simon, this is in verse 10 of Luke 5, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And then in John chapter 21, we actually have three verses here that the Saviour gives. And he does it repeatedly to try and get this point across to Simon, asking him, Simon, Peter, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? more than these and then again he says simon son of jonas lovest thou me and then again he says simon son of jonas lovest thou me and peter each time confirms the positive yes lord and yes lord thou knowest that i love thee and then in verse 17 um, lord thou knowest all things thou knowest that i love thee and each time jesus says feed my lambs feed my sheep feed my sheep um now the difference between going and catching men and feeding his sheep is significant, really significant. Uh, they are two very different roles. Um, catching the, the men must impl will implies that when they go out into the world to catch these men, they, they bring them in. Not necessarily that they are nurturing them or teaching them, but they are bringing them in. However, feeding the Saviour's sheep suggests that they have to take on more of the nurturing, caring role. They have to be the ones that are kind of supporting and sustaining the sheep. Uh, or the saviors, or the saviors' followers, and even the children of God, they would be the Lord's represent representatives now, and they had to act as He would, not just simply catch the fish and bring the fish to Him, um, which is what, ironically, they did do uh, to the shore when they did catch these fish. The second time they brought them to the Savior, but then He teaches the principle: you need to feed my sheep. Now, at first, I thought, you know, that might possibly be it, but then I found a talk given only just a year ago in the October two thousand. Uh, an 18 general conference by sister Bonnie H. Corden, who basically says the very same thing. So I was very pleased with this. I'd forgotten about this talk, or at least had forgotten that this was talked about in this talk, but it just basically confirms what I just said, which I was very pleased about. Uh, I'll share that with you. Uh, sister Bonnie S. Corden says this, hadn't Peter already proven himself a loving follower of Christ from their first encounter on the seashore? He straightway left his fishing nets to follow the savior. Peter became a true fisher of men. He accompanied the Saviour during his personal ministry and helped teach others the gospel of Jesus Christ. But now the resurrected Lord knew he would no longer be by Peter's side, showing him how and when he should serve. In the Saviour's absence, Peter would need to seek the guidance from the Spirit, receive revelation on his own, and then have the courage and faith to act. Focused on his sheep, the Saviour desired Peter to do what he would do if he were there. He asked Peter to become a shepherd, close quote. 
uh, and so there you have it. You know, we, we, there's a number of things that we learn about discipleship here, and I think that we can gain a lot from this this very last experience, more so than I ever have done. I mean, I always I always just kind of focus on the feed my sheep statements and thought, oh, you know, we went to look after and serve and love one another. That's it. But there is so much more here to learn about how to be a disciple and what that means. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I, I intend these to be bite-sized uh, studies, and I think this has gone on <laughs> quite a bit. But there was quite a lot there to share in this final day of Come Follow Me study for this week. Can't wait to, to get on with it next week. I uh, hope you've enjoyed what you've heard, and if you've got anything that you want to share, please do so at MattSRoberts90 on my Twitter. Uh, and, we look, and I look forward uh, to be speaking to you again. Until we meet again.